It's happy hour from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour as part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stall, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because <laughs> that's New Orleans and this is happy hour. A cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar today, we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is not just a bar, it's also a restaurant where they serve handcrafted food and spirits. They have a whole new menu and a radically new happy hour for three hours every day from three to six, where everything is half price, including drinks and appetizers. That's Wayfair on Ferret Street. Come on down and hang out with your own friends, or you can hang out with us for the next 60 minutes. I'm here with a star-studded cast of people, believe it or not. You're not going to believe this. Brian Batt is here. Hello, Brian. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm alive and kicking. Well, I can see that. Shall I tell everybody like one sentence about you? Brian is a native New Orleanian, an actor, a designer, and a civic activist. Yes. I didn't realize you're a civic activist. I act very civically, yes. You seem to be act- are you acting civically right now? Yeah. Well, how much is acting and how much is civics? Uh, half and half. Half and half? Yeah. Okay. I'm I mean, on a couple of boards, and, you know, I do fundraisers as much as ah, I can. that's what you're saying. You know, awareness and stuff for. like that. Yeah. And Sharon Borowski is Sharon. Yes. It's spelled C-H-E-R-O-N. Yes. How come your parents chose that for spelling? I don't know. I think for French. For French? It means dear one. Does oh. it, really? Yes. In French. Do you speak French, Brian? <laughs> no. Michaela Braun is here and so is James Keane both from the band called The Crooked Vines do either of you guys speak French? No We We, you do? We Is that true? You really do speak French, James? We That's it Okay (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard the word So your parents are not French though, Sharon No, they're Polish Hmm. I was married Ah. to a New Orleanian Harold Baquet so I really have a nice French name which would be Sharon Baquet that but, would be nice, but what happened to that? But yeah, but I was have been working so long that everybody knows me by Brilsky, which is really what they call me. My husband recently Monsieur died. Bartel? He died oh, a, a year no. ago. Yes, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry to he hear was that. a New Orleans photographer, and his um, collection just went to the historic New Orleans collection, and um, so he will be remembered. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Very how, how long were you married for? Oh, over 25 years. Oh, that's a long yeah. time. Yes. Oh, no, what did he die from? Natural cancer. Causes? Oh, my cancer. God. That's bad. Yeah, colon cancer, and he fought it really hard for seven years, and, um, uh, but, yep, just got him in the end. Cancer won in the end. Yeah. That is bad. So sorry to hear that. How well, are you doing? You. Good. Hanging in there. I miss him. Um, yeah, that's been a life changer. Um, uh, you know, I just think of everything New Orleans have gone through in the last 10 years with Katrina, the oil spill. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody, I think, has, especially older people in their families have had, you know, you know, just so many crises um, yeah. just adjusting to living in New Orleans. Yeah. So um, I, I've never met you before, but I've seen your name all over the place. Oh, and yes, I've good and assumed, bad. I've assumed all this time until today when I'm looking office. at you, <laughs> I've assumed you're black. Oh, really? Do other people assume that? You mean she's I not? I didn't, <laughs> didn't you think? I've seen your name in the newspaper. Do you know why I'm laughing at that? Yeah, is because um, I, I have done a lot of work in the minority community um, right. politically for over 30 years. Um, well, actually over 40 years working with different politicians, um, getting them elected, um, working on civil rights issues. Um, but lately, because of some stances I've taken on... Um, 
mainly protecting certain things in the French Quarter, um, fighting the construction of high-rises in the Marigny and Bywater. Um, I've just been increasingly labeled a racist. And so, you know, it's... it's A white racist. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, why I is mean, that? I, is, why I, is it racist to be against building buildings? I, I, I'm not sure. What do you I, do? It, well, you're, you're a public relations person, right? Well, well let me... Yes. And I, okay. I, I will be honest with you. The people who... Well, you don't have to do they, that. Okay. Well, the people who've... <laughs> you know, cried the loudest over these positions have actually been white developers, um, but they've used all kinds of... Um, well, it's anything to smear you, yeah, right? I mean, they're yeah. just trying to negate... So, on, so in one community, I'm a yeah. racist, and the other, I'm a gentrifier, even though I'm fighting for historic preservation and neighborhood preservation. Um, but, you know, what it's just si- part of being in politics. What side are you on? Of what, what issue are we talking about? You don't want... We're talking about building high-rises in the French Quarter, which is illegal to build anything over. Well, and in the Marigny. So you know, right. as, as the Marigny and, the, and uh, Faubourg, um, Bywater, and even the Holy Cross area down the Lower Nine have gotten to be um, more popular to live in since Katrina, because they didn't flood, right. um, there's been a lot of interest from outside developers and local developers who've wanted to build high-rises along the riverfront. And, of course, um, that defeats the whole historic nature of that neighborhood. Those buildings are all maximum three, four. There are some that were built that are higher, um, maybe five or seven, you know, five or seven stories, like Noka is a higher building down there. But the majority of the buildings are what they always were. And so um, we've been trying to maintain the character of that neighborhood, even as it's gotten more popular to live down there. What my fear is is that as condominiums go up in that area, the public access that people enjoy to the river and to that wonderful park that they've created mm. will be gone. So, um, Will it be gone or could it be protected and still everybody get what they want? You could have a tall building. It would be nice. And we could still get to that. What is that called, that park? Um, Crescent, yeah, Crescent, Crescent, yes, Crescent, Crescent Park. Crescent Park, Crescent park yeah. It's beautiful. Is that is that building still going up? The shopping center they were trying to plan there. Um, the the youth, the well, the hotel, the hostel. Uh, the there was like a building place. that I remember seeing this article on. They were trying to build like another Riverwalk type building on in that park area for some something in the next five. Further years or down, something. they're going to be build I think a, um, like a complex around the port, which is something that's actually been kind of desired for that area with the Aber building mm-hmm. um, that's yeah. going into different uses. But some of the new developments are all residential. Oh, okay. And, um, and they'll have commercial components to them, but I think the fear is that What's the that objection? view will be, obstru- will be obstructed. There, but there is no view right now, unless you're actually standing on the river. There's nowhere in New Orleans that's really made use of the riverfront. Well, because we're really low, <laughs> we'd be looking up at a levee most yeah, of the time. I've, <laughs> I've always thought well, that no, there's got to be a happy medium. I, I hear what you're saying. You don't, we don't want it to turn into Destin, Florida, right. where right. it used to be this, this really quaint little beach town. And then, you know, it turned into nothing but high-rises, and now it looks like Las Vegas in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a dig at Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> but I do believe there has to be some kind of happy medium where the design aspect can complement the area, and it doesn't have to be so high that it's blocking the sunlight or blocking the view. When, on Magazine Street, we have a store on Magazine Street, and across the street from us was this uh, God, what was it, American veterans... You know, uh, hmm. center. It, it was been, a VFW it, hall. Yeah, it was. It was vacant for forever. It was a nightmare. It was all spray painted. It was. It was hideous. It was an eyesore. It was a lot of property, and no one really had the money to buy it. Walgreens 
wanted to move their Walgreens from Chapatulas over there. Every business owner, everyone in the area was livid. I mean, had a fit. And I was one of the only ones that went to the meeting and listened to what they had to say. And I'd seen in New York and some other places these, you know, they did flagship stores and they really made them beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they said that's what they wanted to do. And, but no one would hear them. And I finally said, well, they own it, you know, and they, they, there, are, there are limits. They can't go too high. They can't, mm-hmm. they have to maintain. If you look at it now, it's beautiful. It looks like it's been there since the turn of the century. It's really a beautiful... So I think there's, there's, there's got to be a way that you can, you know, let them build... They can build something, but it has to be according to the, the you know, the legal and then also right. the, what the neighbors want because they have to live there too and they were there first. And I think that's a good um, thought that, first of all, there should be rational discussion. I think what's been sad in this is that... It, it's degenerated into name calling. Yes. That's well, where I don't understand. And that happens now in everything, right? Reality, reality in, life. Yeah, it is. Politics, and we're everything. shutting down conversation mm-hmm. by these irrational titles on people or just assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know. think lately a lot of that has to do with social media and being able to say whatever you want and edit it before people see it and then can react in whatever way behind closed quarters where you don't actually have to have the physical conversation with somebody. Yes, yes. So it's just become easier and easier, which is a shame. But And also, I really, also to that, I, I really don't like people being able to go on like NOLA.com or some of these other things and not use their real name. <laughs> yeah. Call me an old-fashioned <laughs> person, but, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a little history, but, you know, people died for our right to, to express ourselves and the freedom of speech. So sign your damn name to it. If you're going to say something and have the, you know, think you have the balls, pardon my French, to, or the ovaries, whatever, to say what you believe, put your name to it. You I know, agree. I don't. You can't call people names and call people out and say all these horrible things and slander and 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 not put your name there. It has no well, it's meaning. Too late but it's for a, that because everyone's everybody hides behind their What's Twitter I handle. Know. Oh, I can't yeah. stand that. And I, I, and but I, you're getting. I've seen some stuff well, about that I, on a, like a meme where someone wrote out the. They had like a picture of some like thing slamming someone, and then the it was signed user account. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> well, exactly. No one cares about what you have to say if you're a user account. Yeah. Like, and I think that's probably you know the biggest thing is one of the. I think when the internet started out, a lot of people were anonymous and just in mm-hmm. figuring it out. But right. um, you know, I, I make sure my name's on everything, mm-hmm. which is probably. Not good. Not your, so not I get not called your, a racist, <laughs> a gentrifier, or whatever but I am. What's at your the interest moment. in this? Is it professional? You've been hired by some one of these groups, or um, do you live down there? No, no, I did live in the quarter for years, and um, so the what I have seen happen in the court. My husband was an artist, um, and so we lived. I'll be honest with you. We rented a wonderful space at Royal and St. Peter. For three hundred dollars a year, the high rise. Or three hundred dollars a month. You were in the, anyway, the high rise. Yes. My aunt lived oh, there. I grew oh, up. I went to go see the parades on that second bell, mid and V, wait, oh, mid oh, Leicester. Oh, yeah. Rouses? No, right. across. Catacombs. Cat- 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 I love the, that. The floor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they call it's it the, the high rise. The high rise. rise. Yeah. Johnny Donnell yeah. was Johnny in there. Sydney. Sydney Arroyo, the musician and political consultant. Yes. Still lives there, and so we lived there for years, and. And, of course, we saw the quarter just become increasingly hard for artists to live in. And, and so, and, because and it got too expensive? It's too, yeah. Right. Right. It's too expensive. You can't park down there. Right. You, Parking. you yeah. Noise issues, which I know mean a lot of different things to a lot of people in the quarter. But it's, it, it's gotten increasingly hard to live there. But it's that community, that residential community of 
You can call us freaks if you want. No, you can bohemian, bohemian, you know, artists. Yeah, and, that lifestyle. And that's why everybody that to gravitates towards culture. there because they want to be amongst the cool artists. You, you know what I mean? You can't afford to live in the quarter anymore. Right. It's increasingly hard to live in the Marigny. You know, I think almost everybody at some point in the 90s moved like one part went down to the ninth ward. Mm-hmm. You know, our group t- tended to go uptown. But, um, you know, it's just that loss of neighborhood in the quarter, and I really miss that. I mean, it was everything from Ruthie the Duck Lady to, to the to the Brennans or, yeah. you know, to Lindy Boggs, who yeah. lived down there. Right. She and lived on, I think she lived on Bourbon Street, She lived actually. on Bourbon. She yeah. did. Yeah. She did, yes. So um, she didn't work on Bourbon. She no, lived. She lived on Bourbon. <laughs> make sure we're right. making it. She's a, so just, uh, that's a kind of a loss, <laughs> and people are really struggling who are artists to stay down there, and it's harder and harder, and um, but those days are pretty much gone as far as the French Quarter being a bohemian place to it live. Is. It's, it's not anymore. It's sad. Right? So that being said, I, I do know a group of at least 25 ladies that together that all live in the quarter that go out for coffee once a week. And a couple of them, I believe, are artists, but one of them is just a fantastic painter who lives on that same corner right now, actually. Oh. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I remember growing up here, it was always special to mm-hmm. go down there. It was special as a kid right. to I visit my aunts that lived mm-hmm. in that building and watch the parades go by when they used to be able to go <laughs> in the quarter. And um, over the years, I mean, I worked at Le Petit Theatre when I was in college and oh, post, wow. and I'm on the board of the theatre now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... it's it, it, it has changed. It really has. I, I find that it's there was there were so many other pockets of residential in in the French Quarter that you don't see. And Bourbon Street was always kind of seedy. And in my opinion, now it's just a festering sore. No, I know. <laughs> it's so. It's you know. I, 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 there's no jazz. Maybe one or two jazz clubs left. Really, is right. am I right? Am I wrong? It's, right. You know, it, it's well. People come to New Orleans looking for jazz because it's the birthplace exactly. of jazz, and you, and you can't now, find it. It's all cover band. As someone who's only been here, is it kind of interesting to have y'all's perspective because you have been here for so long? I've where, only been here James, for a little over five years. Where'd you come from? I came from a small town in Illinois, uh, the southern part of the state. Everyone always asks about Chicago, and I'm about as far from Chicago as I am from here whenever I'm in my hometown. <laughs> what was it called? Uh, was Pinkneyville. 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 Oh, what a great Pinkneyville. name. You guys know Pinkneyville? With, uh, <laughs> I do now. It's, yeah, I do. Yeah, have you been to forget it. It's great. It's a but, cute uh, little place. <laughs> she was, we, we were just on tour, and actually we stayed with my parents uh, on our way to Chicago. And uh, so my band, the band uh, got to experience in my hometown. But uh, to say, as you were saying before, um, I've always felt hearing you talk about the French Quarter and the Marigny in that way is really good to hear because coming here, I felt I always felt a separation from that area. Mm. It was like, not only could I not afford to live there, I didn't like the activities that I that happened there, you know what I mean? I was right. I came in I came in right at the perfect time of the boom of Frenchmen that now everyone's talking about the bourbonization of. Right. And it was right. like the golden era. I remember Frenchmen being amazing and now it's like every Friday and Saturday that I go there or play there, it's like I'm going there, playing, and leaving. Leaving. Mm-hmm. So, this is just five years ago it was cool. Yeah, oh, still. just as five five years ago you still had the people sitting on the sidewalk typing stories every right. 30 feet you still yeah, had all that the still happens. It's, but it's confined to like one section it, like I used to remember at Maison whenever we would I would go there as like a, a patron before I played there as much or ever really and there would be people standing outside smoking cigarettes writing poems or drawing pictures and what's now going it's all, on now? now it's people are having babies there's a giant mass of, yeah, you someone, someone had a baby outside of Vaso yeah. <laughs> and they, people sang the Beatles to it <laughs> <laughs> Actually gave birth to a baby yeah. on well, the street, Paul Anka, on Street, and say, "Having my baby." <laughs> I don't what know. a beautiful <laughs> way. <laughs> well, that's a fairly unusual event, I would imagine. It was a first, I think. 
There was articles all over the place about no, it. Too. Yeah, that. there was. Were you guys down on the street that night? Uh, I was. We not. were. We were on tour. Yeah, we were. We gone, saw. Yeah. We saw an article well, so about it. We're like, we missed on tour it. With this crooked vice. Because <laughs> last time we saw you, Michaela, you didn't have a band. You were just sort of. You, well, were, you were Michaela Braun. You were a nice little girl with a ukulele. I still do that. Yeah. She's definitely not nice anymore. No, you've, <laughs> you've, really, you've really gone off the rails. This is so interesting. I feel like this 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 show is kind of a good reflection of like where I've been at certain points because I see you like every two like every right. year and a half or two years or something. So it's interesting. So I've, you started off when you just got here from somewhere. Where was that? Upstate New York? Somewhere are you from? I'm from Maryland, but Maryland, I went to college in Wisconsin. Okay. I'm all, all over the place. And then you moved here with your ukulele and you were singing on the levee and mm-hmm. down on the street. I still do that. I love busking. On Royal Street is my favorite. And then you put out a record, mm-hmm. which was pretty good and you got some attention for that. Well, yeah. And I had been, I guess... So I had met this band right after he had met the band as well, and that was about three years ago. But it's taken us some time to really understand each other's sound because everyone has completely different musical influences, and we grew up in all different places. Actually, only one person in the band is from New Orleans. So who's in and charge of the name this? of the band again? The Crooked Vines. Crooked Vines. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay, please. That's fine. So whose band is it now? Have you taken over the whole thing? And oh, no, no, no. It's, it's a big collective. Um, there are a couple people that have... We've delegated delegated different kind of job. You want to touch on that, James? Um, <laughs> as, James, you're the trombone player. As one, of the, player as on one the of the people that I think she's talking about that's delegated and, and been doing the delegation of tasks, um, I feel like there's a hair on this microphone tipping my nose. Um, there could but, be uh, dog or cat here. It might be my hair. Pay extra but, uh, for that. In the quarter, it costs exactly, a lot. You're right. right. That's, that's like a solid $50 extra. No, uh, but as someone that, that is taking a lot of that, um, I do, or well, I did for a long time. I did a lot of booking for the group. Um, now we've kind of moved on from that. Uh, we have some people that are working with us, especially in the New Orleans area for a lot of that. So you have a booking um, agent now? Uh, it's not really that kind of situation. We have what we would call, a, I would say, a manager that does some of that stuff for us in the greater New Orleans area. You would that is. say a manager. What would he or she say? Probably a manager as well. So, but they're so doing you have a, a manager. Full, it's a full service. It's a full service job right now for where we are as a group. Um, well, that's but, a pretty good development, right? Yeah, oh, yes. If you have a there manager. As, as like a... Sorry as like about a, the cat hair. No, it's fine. As a, uh, no, I'm feeling like it's all as a, my Yeah, life. you just feel it because I talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like when um, someone starts itching. But so. like down to the tour, like I've, I've looked most all the tour. Um, and that's something that is like, it was really cool to see, uh, like Michaela said, the development of a project that you know is being successful. Because you see people like... You see people respond to it, and it's it's a really interesting experience, especially in the city, because people, I don't want to call it bandwagoning, because that has like a very negative connotation, but it, it really is that. It's like when people see something that they like and is good, they jump onto it, and it's it's a really amazing feeling to be a part of something that, that is doing that. Well, um, could I also add, just from my perspective, like when we were talking about some of the changes happening in New Orleans, you know, one of the great things that I think I've learned over the last 10 years are is that this infusion of new ideas, whether mm-hmm. they agree with me or not, has been great for the city. I mean, it's been revital, revitalizing. And even though I might not, I personally might not like everything, I have to say the direction is exciting, the input's exciting. Um, I think a lot of the uh, young people who have come here to rebuild New Orleans, I mean, you've done an invaluable service for New Orleans. I mean, it is... But these guys are like the people who used to move here. They came well, here for the music. That's yep. it. That's There's a different breed you're talking well, about who are opposing your... No, no, no. I think even music, though, has been rebuilt by all these new ideas, these new visions, and your Infusions, love of New Orleans. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's changing with the way that music is all over wonderful. the world, too, and how yeah. the production and everything of it. To play devil's advocate to what we were talking about earlier, we had talked about the negative things that come along with social media and all the, the ability to have your own voice and, and right. do that but 
a lot of people always gloss over the fact the opposite side of that coin which is the amazing part about that you can have a voice like Mm -hmm. everyone can have a voice and Mm -hmm. say anything they want and say Mm -hmm. the things that make them feel like they need to say those things you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. and that's a huge part about I think what brings people down here to help like you said rebuild to help continue the culture to help do something like that and what we talk about a lot as a band is not necessarily being a New Orleans band but being a band that is from New Orleans Mm -hmm. you know we're not a New Orleans act like it's not really our thing but bringing that influence along with us and also the love for the city and the dedication that we have to this environment that we all love and appreciate so much that has done so much for us as musicians as people is the is the infinite plus side of all of those negative things you were saying earlier about the social media movement Oh, like you said, the social media can be a double-edged sword. It, it also can promote. Like, mm-hmm. you can just show a clip of you guys, and it's out. It's helped and it's us shared. so it's much. It's like to millions, you know, instantly. Oh, and, we, we have thousands you know, of views on videos that we would have never been able to do had this happened ten years right. ago. Had this happened even. I was in a band years ago. growing up. Yeah, I was in a band in high school. What so we're called? talking like the singles. We were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> we opened up for a very popular new wave band called The Cold. And oh, God, I love The, the Cold. Cold. Oh, my God. I wanted friends. to be Barbara Menendez. She was oh. the one, so she, well, I, my childhood friend. Her brother was awesome. my what, best friend. He was a drummer in the band. We used to open up for them. Mm-hmm. We'd play, write our own stuff and play something, what jump did, up what again. What did you do, Brian? I played keyboard and lead singer. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, <laughs> Can you still play the keyboard and sing? I can play a couple of chords. I can Okay, we've got I sing. I know. You. I do Broadway musicals for God's sakes. <laughs> but um, but doing that back then, you had to have flyers on all the on all the Post. telephone poles and right, everything. Right, like right. try to get anyone to see you. And, and now that's now illegal. So quick, I know. Exactly, <laughs> so now, so, I know. But I instantly, hate that. you can you can get out there and get the word out and get your message out quickly, or you know, and in a clever way, you know. Oh yeah. It, it also does. Makes you think, and how? What's my what's my hook? What's my how? How can I get someone's Brand, attention? You really have to tap into that. That's you know? really where my main position with the band has come in. Is uh, I run all of our social media accounts, so something that I don't usually. Pr- like broadcast to a lot of people, which I guess I'm broadcasting to as many people as possible right now. Mm. But that's something that, that we we talk about a lot, and I talk about to the band a lot is creating the persona of what we are, because yeah. that's just as big as as us as individuals or us as musicians or us as a collective in general. Because now, like you said, anyone and everyone can have that insight to you immediately. So there's a chance that you might be mm. like as before we talked about this on the tour as well, but. As before, having the right ear to bend about your music could easily be like get you in or out. Whereas now, you have a billion ears to bend right. at the click of a button, you know, and that's right. and that's sure. the way that that. And, and, and with that, you have to know how to catch their exactly. attention. Exactly, understanding what works and what doesn't. Understanding what, what, their are you, way. what are you trying to do? Rule the world. Be famous. <laughs> that's right? exactly yeah. rule the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are you trying to sell records? Are you trying to get people to come to your show? Mm. I mean, no one's buying any records. My biggest What's thing, the plan? what I say is my, my goal, I'm, I think I'm the planner of the group, actually, he has too. so I, many plans. I have so many plans. Good. But, uh, it's a good thing. Yeah. But, uh, Brian, would you say that's a good thing to start off? I mean, you're not a successful person in show business. You've got to have a plan or a goal or a dream. I hate to sound like Pollyanna, but you, <laughs> but you do. You can't, you know, and some people go aimlessly through life and wonderful things happen, and some people go aimlessly through life and crap happens. If you that's have most goal, of us. If you have a goal, at least it's something to strive towards and work towards. I'm a firm well, believer in that. Okay, well, you're, you're super famous. You're a famous Broadway and television star. In my own mind. Award yes, winning. well, in a very small circle. No, I you who's that guy? I know you've him. been a star on Broadway. You've been a star on television. Mm-hmm. Did you plan any of this? or do you I just did plan. I studied. I worked. You know, I went to New York right out of college. Um, 
studied and, and studied and took classes and I beat the pavement down and went to every audition I could get into and worked very hard and you know the Mad Men happened totally by fluke it was just uh, I, I literally I turned down my first audition but I actually uh, went in and I didn't care I was in the middle of rehearsal for a silly play off Broadway and I went in on my lunch break and I didn't care because I never booked television. I was too, I gesture too big and I'm too broad. And I was just tired and I walked in red and thank God I didn't have to jump through hoops for the network because it was their first, you know, drama that they were doing on this basic cable show and, and the director and, and creator liked me and that was that. That doesn't happen all the time, but it, I was in a place where I would, could walk in and be calm enough to, you know, read this, I'd be put on tape and then do it. We were already successful. Yeah, they don't care about that. No, but you, TV but and you film do. people Different do not worlds. care, like Broadway, right. whatever. Right. You know, you know, please, I was in Cats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was one of my first jobs. I mean, really. Claw, paw, you know. It's, it's, anyway. What was that like being in Cats? <laughs> I was the biggest pussy on Broadway. <laughs> um, uh, it was... You know, it was fun. Because you're part of a sensation. Really? I mean, history, the the longest-running show, right? I was not the original company. I was, like, later on. It all counts. But it was fun. One thing leads to another, and that's what I was trying to say, not in a good, but it didn't come out right. You never know what, like, when you play one gig, you never know who's going to be there. Oh, for sure. You never know who's going to talk afterwards and tell someone. And, like, same thing with acting and theater and being shows. I always, you know, I... People ask advice, and I just say, do your job, show up on time, be prepared, do the best you can, and don't fish off the company pier. You know, don't, you know. <laughs> a friend of mine, he, he was one of the actors in Mad Men, he wants to write his own, when he writes his book, it's going to be called Don't Screw Juliet, because he was on tour, and he had sex with the girl playing Juliet, and it like messed everything up. <laughs> so you have to play Romeo and Juliet for the rest of the year, yeah. opposite someone yeah. that hates you. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, but, um, now that's well, like, acting. But like, you know, with, with um, you know, our store, you know, Hazelnut on Magazine Street, when you were saying about social media, mm -hmm. I reluctantly, you know, these friends of mine said, you have to get into this. You have to do, the, besides the web, we have the website, you have to do Facebook, you have to do, uh, you know, um, Instagram Instagram, and all this yeah. stuff, Twitter, all this stuff. And it was also when I wrote my books, they, the, the, the press people from Random House said, you must. And it wasn't like, we think you should, no, you have to. <laughs> no, you have to. You have to. And it sort of, sort of like I pushed, pulled me along into, you know, the 21st century. And it, it is interesting, and it's different, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, do you it. do your own social media, or do you have someone like Sharon's company to do it? I do a lot of my own personal stuff, and it bleeds off into the business. We do have, do you have someone? one of our associates right. work, that works with us, and that's what she, besides working in the store, we're a small little gig, you know, it's a small little shop on magazine, you know. But it's been there for 13 years. This, yeah, 13 14, years in October. Fantastic. We're moving. Um, we're moving four doors down to a double the space. So you're expanding. Yeah, expanding. Do yeah. people come in the store expecting to see you? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, so you have to be there. No, I mean, what, if but. I'm in town and I'm not working on a, on a film or or out of town doing a show or something, I am there. And it's it's funny because they're like. No, you really work here, right? And I'm wrapping packages, porter with a mop, ripping down boxes, doing whatever I need to do because that's do it's also my it? business. I do, I do. I'm Would you give up all the acting and everything and do that? Full no, time? I'd rather do the acting. <laughs> trust me. You know, people say, "What's what's better, um, film or, or 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 stage?" And I said, "Are you kidding? Film is yeah. so much." It, it, really, tell you it. like it better? I would think no, you'd no, love no. the live audience. I love the live audience, uh -huh. but an eight show a week schedule. 
is yeah. grueling when you think about it. And everyone goes, oh, you only do eight days a week. But, you know, it's, you know, pretty you start preparing around six, you know, and then until 11, you know, you, your energy is focused on that. And, and it's yeah. re- recreating that show every night, making it seem like the first time. Mm. And then matinee days, it's double. So, yeah. but, you know, it, 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 it's, it's doing the same. But... You don't. You only have one day off sometimes, mm. and then with with film and television, you usually have the weekend off, and you're not called all the time unless you're, you're like the big star of the movie. You you know when I was on Mad Men, if I worked three days a week, whoo, that's a big week. I mean, and they're paying and it's you paid for more as well. Yeah, <laughs> and the money's better, but you know, there there is nothing like a live audience. You know that. Of course. You know. Can I ask you, did you go to school for a theater or, or yes. for performance? Yes, okay. I did. I mean, in retrospect, I should have gone to a, a, you know, a conservatory. Um, I didn't know that this is really what I wanted to do when I was... What did you think you wanted to do? I thought I was just going to stay in New Orleans and be a lawyer and... You know, do, I know. Did you go to law school? No, well, no. That I mean, been very when I did my feel. first play at La Petite, I went, okay, this is it, this is it. Well, I mean, you know, he has a brother who's a politician. My brother's a I politician. I know your brother, Jay Bat. And opposites. And really? I have to, I yeah. have to confess, Brian, because you know it's Wednesday, and the Pope wants us to do confessions. Oh, okay. Well, because Wednesday gets good on my cap. Your hated me. Really? <laughs> I think he likes me now. I, don't I mean, he, he tolerates me. But he yeah. hated me. So, he's so a big business Sharon, you, Yeah, you're in politics as well. You've been representing people in politics to get people elected. Yes. And Jay, your yes. brother, was, My, was a, it was a councilman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was a lawyer before that. Has he gone No, back? no, he's not no. a lawyer. Well, he's a businessman. Businessman, yeah. yeah. Bat means business. Right. Ran Remember that? Store. <laughs> Ran the clo- a clothing store. Yeah, Joseph Banks. Store. He has a yeah. bunch of Joseph Banks all over. Oh, he has yeah. Joseph yeah. Banks stores. Very okay, successful. so he's not a lawyer yeah. at all. So that's what he does now. Right. So he's in the clothing business, yeah. really. Oh, okay. So he got... Entrepreneur, he has other things. So he was a Republican... Yes, big in the Republican yes, Party. Yes. How do you get oh, okay. how do you in New Orleans? But still, oh, yeah, still, still a leader in the state yeah. Republican Party. It is, you know, one of the thorns in my paw. You know, it's like, <laughs> but how do you get we just elected? Have to, we just have to agree at family functions not to discuss you just don't go politics. Yeah. He keeps on telling me it's like he was the best man in my wedding when I married Tom. You know, he mm. loved. He's like, you know, he, I don't. Well, he's open-minded enough to go to a gay wedding of his brother uh, and yeah, you and know, support same-sex so marriage cool. and all this other stuff. It's I'm like, totally why isn't Republican. your party on board with this? What like what century are you living in? You know, move well, that, forward. You know, what are you? What I don't know why everybody's afraid of letting everyone have the same joy and the same rights as everyone else. I don't understand I don't what people understand are afraid. I don't understand it either. How does it diminish? I w- I, if I have something wonderful, I want to share it with somebody. I see a great show, I'm like, oh my God, you've got to go. We were just <laughs> mm-hmm. talking about Hamilton. Right. I'm like going on and on how great it is. I want everyone to enjoy and have the best possible mm-hmm. life as possible. Why would I want it? Why does anyone want to deny someone something wonderful? Or something as know. simple as holding the hand with a, the hand of yes. someone you love. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't understand why that's yes. offensive to someone... Yeah. Well, the Supreme Court yeah. agrees with us all now, exactly. so I wouldn't worry I wish about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we're we're past no, that. Point. Just, I was just saying late last night on Facebook. On I have to get off the Facebook with a friend of mine in Arkansas. You know, the kid mm-hmm. is suing the school and what? because he wanted to bring his boyfriend to the prom and they wouldn't let him. I and was still doing all this so stuff. Oh, yeah. And it was because it was a private Christian, which it really wasn't, if mm-hmm. you look up the word. Um, uh, they were saying, you know, it was a private school. Some of the people saying, well, he should have stuck to the rules. That's the rules of the school. I'm like, okay, A, the rules are wrong. B, when rules are wrong, you change them. You know, mm-hmm. let's look at historically how many rules we had on the books that are wrong. Slavery, um, there's yeah. tons of them, you know. And, and, and finally, someone got the handbook from the school and read and basically supported. It said, you know, there will not be 
intimidated by, by uh, sexual preference and all this other stuff. And uh, basically I said, okay, end of story. The school said, it, you know, they're contradicting themselves. Mm -hmm. so. But this is never ending, this sort of... Oh, I know. I think it's one of those things to me, the way I equate it is just the heterosexual white people have been in the VIP lounge for way too long and they're not ready to open up the ropes no. yet. And yeah. it's the, that's the problem is with, with a lot of people and, and not to say that it is, isn't a, it is a cross-generational thing, but I feel like we're in a, a phasing period where I think we're going to really start because it, it seems like everyone I, as someone who's a young person in, in the scene right now, I feel like everyone that's around me is, I, I guess what they call a liberal now, but uh, someone who supports rights for everyone, the, the same. Yeah. And I feel like that's, I, I don't, and I, 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 see all the, I, I see all this stuff on, on social media and I see all this stuff about all the negativity and it's just like, who, who's, who's doing all the, like, all the people I know are, are very, and it's just like, it makes me, like you said, it's very sad and unfortunate that there's still people out there that are perpetuating that kind of ignorance. It depends what you're taught. It is, I believe it is all taught. Mm. I, I do. Although some people are more receptive. You know, their genes are more receptive and to And it's also about power. And yeah, power, oh yeah. people don't give up power mm -hmm. just right. Because you're nice. So I mean, you're not opening up the, the ropes to the VIP area very easily, you know? That's so, why they have them. I'm Steve Rebell. Don't, you can't come in Studio 54. Exactly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> were you in New York in those Studio 54 days back then? No, I, I was. You, you were, <laughs> sure. No I went once. <laughs> I went <laughs> once. Are you from here originally, Sharon? Are you I from am, New York? but I had... You went um, to New York? In the I went to New York a lot in the 70s and 80s yeah. and... So what, um, were the, what were the best drugs you were doing back then? You know, okay, this is the really sad thing. And there were a lot of people who still don't believe I never did drugs. I was never a drug user. You never did any of those drugs in Studio 54 like everybody talks about. I am a caffeine about. and chocolate girl. I think really? my question is, where was the best house music? Huh? Where was the best house music? I love Danceteria. I yeah. love Danceteria. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. OMG, right. Madonna the, the, at the door. Yeah. Deborah, what's her name? Harry? Deborah no, Hall? no, the one that's best friends with... Madonna and she's so you went to you the same clubs HBO. as Madonna back in the she was not famous then she was not right and it was it, Deborah Mazur Deborah Mazur even better looking than Madonna they were awesome. um, <laughs> did you know it was Madonna? in the it was in the warehouse district where was it in, in it the was like in the Midtown, well right? it was called like the, the Alphabet City area down it was, there it then was it was really every floor there was, was a different type of yeah. music there was area and yeah. dance area what was area area yeah but I didn't like area I was a dance area girl area was kind of modely and um, it was kind yeah. of fun. I loved how the design it was, it was, of it because yeah. it was well, kind of cool. One of them, but they Andy changed Warhol the themes. hung out Are you at Danceteria constantly. And remember and the name of the rooftop during the summer? I don't remember that. Wuthering either. Heights. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, they shot like Gobo's lights on all the water towers of all the surrounding buildings, oh, wow. all different colors. And it'd be some different act. There'd be like a crazy accordion really player cool. on the roof and strong awesome. lights. It was just, it was. It, it was wonderful. But New York at that time in that area was really trashy yeah. and people were squatting in buildings. And it was expressive and too. It, I mean, was, it was like yeah, very this artsy new music was coming out. Blue the wave same was awesome. That's why I asked that. Is like that, that time in New York was supposed to be like the greatest time to ever live fun. anywhere, you know? Well, like, the, the development. Might, you know, the, oh, well, the 20s people. might be, you know, but we weren't around <laughs> <Yeah>. for that. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing happened in New York that's happening here. That it all got oh, bought up. Oh gosh, people, it's all every corner's a money. bank or Dwayne so, Reed. Okay, so where do all these people get all this money from? It I used don't to be know. New if York City could used tell me, to be I'd be half. so happy. Hire me. I want one of those political jobs that you sit at and people pay you and you get caught and you get written about for not doing anything. I, I have know. never found those. Isn't I don't think Elizabeth. Uh, I was about to talk, to, little, talk to Elizabeth Warren about yeah, that. I don't think she's going to be too keen on that. She was just talking some smack to Wells Fargo. I saw the other day. 
Wells Fargo. That's a great story. <laughs> We've got bigger problems than Wells Fargo, though. Yes, we do. What happens now? You're a political consultant, Sharon, right? So this is what you do for a living. Right. This is what you do for a living every single day for the last X number of years. It is a big part of my business. Okay, yeah. so what is the deal? What is the chance of Donald Trump getting elected very president? Of the, very good. Very good. Yes. And Everybody when, should be terrified and make sure they go vote. <laughs> and let me tell you, to me, having worked on trying to elect women to non-traditional positions for most of my non-traditional life. Non-traditional president is pretty traditional. And non-traditional is pretty non-traditional well, for a, a woman. For oh, a woman. that's called that's non-traditional. Right. No, you have to realize oh, because that's the sort of thing that a woman doesn't get elected to normally. Right. And so you, know, okay, you have to have remember to that, that women have only really been voting and then running for office recently. So it's not... It's Okay. So, well, you make um, your point, and then I'll ask you, does anyone care that Hillary Clinton's a woman or not? But they do. And they I do. think the people who write the do checks they? really would rather be in the room with anyone other than a woman. Are you Especially serious? a strong woman like Hillary. Yeah. Some, I think a lot of men are very, very turned off and very emasculated in a way they allow themselves mm -hmm. to be by a very strong woman. Mm -hmm. There's there's these, I don't know if it's mommy issues or whatever. I think it's the same thing he was just talking about, about that VIP, the, you're not ready to let anyone yeah. in except yeah. for the people who have been there for so many years. I'd yeah. say I totally agree. That's the one part of that, the caveat to everything I was saying before, all the people around me being progressive people mostly, but I've, I've actually heard people say, well, I'm not going to vote for a, for a woman. For well, a woman. Just like, and it terrifies me what? because <laughs> I meet this people that... in Pinckneyville said that? Or? Oh, well, I mean, I know some people there as well, but people around here as yeah. well that I'm people associating with. Like, well, it's, not this, vote for it's just a woman. It's like, but, why? But think about this. In 2008, she was primed then to win. She was probably the most qualified candidate then. And we traded her off. Right? We were rather the minority. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that was a bad thing. It was obviously groundbreaking and a important right. move too. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to diminish that. But on the other hand, I think, look at the polls right now. It's, it's, it's pretty much a dead-even race. Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt yeah. who would be the better executive. Oh, exactly. No doubt. I, I just, I pray. I mean, deep down in my soul, I, I would like to believe that a country that elected an eloquent, intelligent, wonderful black man, twice, by large margins, they're not going to elect this, you know, well, but you know, Sharon the pendulum says, swings. Yeah. And, and you never know, because I know a lot of people are, are so against Trump, but also don't like Hillary. And so they're like, well, I'm just not going to vote. And that's so scary. Oh, that's you know, I said this to someone else the other day. I said, does your dislike for Hillary, or the fact she's a woman, Trump, forgive the pun, forgive the pun, <laughs> Trump, pun your love for country? I mean, for do what's right. Okay, you don't like the choices, but one is obviously a detriment. You know, you can you can dislike whatever you want, but one is obviously. I mean, I have never seen that kind of language coming out of of any political. Uh, you know, in, in everybody's shocked. for really. violence. But you know, I mean, he acts like a child. So much has been on the table with Obama as president, in the sense that I think, like even some of the things we're seeing right now, I kind of equate to like in therapy, like a a big. National Are you in primal screen. Are you in therapy? <laughs> no, I'm, but I mean, okay. you know, it's it's something therapeutic, and as ugly as it is, it's something we all have to go through. Do you think you it's know, a big it's like screw you, you to like people are going? Oh, you know, I certainly have been in. Therapy. I've been in therapy before, and you know, when you're in a group and yeah. you're letting out all your anxiety mm. over your parents or growing up or whatever it is, you know, we still need to talk about our anxiety about slavery and hatred and 
the how does awful this, how does this play into Trump versus Clinton? Where, where? Because I think sometimes when you have a candidate as groundbreaking as Obama was, a lot of times the forces that thought, oh, well, it won't be that big of a deal for me to have someone who doesn't look like me, act like me in office, right. and it is, it's threatening. And so all those people swing to the other side. And so a lot of times you may move forward and then you've got to move two steps back oh, so to you move mean forward again. The penance that we pay for electing a black man to the presidency Maybe is now... Maybe to electing Donald We have to go back 10 steps. Polar opposite, yes. We have to go the food chain. I've, you know, wow, I've, that's seen, I've seen that theory. happen uh, locally um, when Dutch Moran was elected the first black mayor. He was routinely hated and, and um, accused of all kinds what, of things. What year was that? That is 1978. Yeah. And he served two terms and by the... You know, once he'd left, people loved him. They realized he was not an awful person. Well, we've but he got was to this point with Obama now, I, too. I feel that's like that's right. Right. He doesn't seem so, so much bad of the attacks are, are unwarranted. But there's a fear there that people can't verbalize. All they can do is say it in the most awful ways. But they won't admit that what they're really reacting to is Okay, so fear. as a political consultant, if you were one of these people who were getting overpaid to give people advice... <laughs> What advice would you give Hillary at this point to, to save the country? Wow. Um, I do feel like Hillary has probably um, uh, aligned herself a little bit too much with the incoming administration. There's a lot you know, of with things. With the current administration. Yes. I mean, the current administration. There's a lot of things, I think, in foreign policy that she obviously, she obviously didn't agree with. The well, she was a Secretary President. of State, though, because she, she said she, she can't run away from that. She left, and I think there was a disagreement over what to do in Syria, in particular. So you think she should come out and say that? I didn't agree with Obama, I think but there's I was something hamstrung. she needs to be a little bit more honest that she didn't. And I think that... The truth is that the country is divided over some of the things that have happened, and her almost aligning solely with, I mean, even her logo, which is a move along the side. It's not a move up. It's, you mean this arrow? Yeah, this arrow oh, that just moves to the... It's, it's, it, I think for some people, even supporters of Hillary, that's not what they want. They don't feel like we're... Going just to the side is good enough, and I well, think. We, so we, are you saying pre or post election yeah. that she needs to come out and admit that she disagreed with some of the administration on those issues? Her, post election her, will be a little bit late, James. Yeah, yeah that, well, obviously. I mean, I'm just wondering how that affects the opposite side. I think also she really hasn't gotten. Right now, I feel like she's not getting her message out. Of course, it's impo it's important at this point to attack your opponent, and then you move towards. Love, you know, your, okay, your so she's story. been trying with the we can't elect this guy is dangerous. You've got to have some common sense and elect me, and that's not working apparently. It's not. No. So what? <laughs> it is not. So just coming out and saying is just going to be enough. Just coming out and saying, I don't agree with Obama and that he was. I don't wrong. think that's the key. So I what, just think that's got to be one moment. I think these people are so. In, they were so blinded by everything that these Trump supporters, I mean, he, like he said, he could step out on Fifth Avenue and shoot someone, and it's still support. I have people that I know that I mean, are intelligent, intelligent lawyers in the city that said to me, I would vote for a chimpanzee before I would vote for Hillary Clinton, yeah. which I, I thought, well, you might be. But, you know, <laughs> and that makes, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I should not say that about but chimpanzees. But I, I do think that, you know, I think with Donald Trump, unfortunately, as much as I hate his little talking points about building a wall and keeping out um, all the Sim Syrians and you know two or three things that he stands for. And unfortunately, when you think about Hillary right now, 
I think you know she's against Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And I think you know that she thinks that we need to keep going forward. But what, are, what does that mean? I think, oh, you know, so what are you saying? She doesn't have two or three things you can say. This well, is like why Bernie. I'm going to vote for Bernie her. was free health care, uh, getting free college, right? right. It, just, I think Hillary's not done a great job of just saying what, what is, makes Hillary. Hillary. I totally agree. I don't know, but I agree. But also, like, I think she's also for mostly equal rights for women, and yes. you know, and a lot well, of things. She's been quite, quite vocal reason, about that. But, but this free college. I mean, free college. But we know that about Hillary. Can we get on it uh, this time? I mean, I, I really, I enjoy because I, I found it very interesting that free college, college is all, all, all that. So I, I never really agreed that what I learned in college really, really, I could have gone to other form, other schools, or other. For forms of education, I could have gone to a, a, you know a, an acting school and gotten what I needed to succeed. I, I but wonder... you knew it somehow involved schooling. I mean, in Louisiana, right. we still believe if you go to the eighth grade and you graduate, well, it's awesome. You know? But what about technical schools? Right. What about what about these? I mean, I would like to. Not everyone can or should. And this is my opinion. Go to college. I mean, the, and from every social and economic level. In, in I know Louisiana, kids that are Newman though, that should not be there. We need to really focus on not just K through 12, but at least like K through 14. Yeah. I mean, you know, two years of a technical vocational school. That, and yeah. I think men and women in schools should have shop and um, and home oh ec, God, both yeah. men and women. Totally. I graduated. I didn't know how to do a load of laundry. I still can't sew on a goddamn button. I can't sew on a freaking button. Okay. What the hell is that about? I can't balance yeah. a checkbook. Have you thought about? I can't make a meal. Have you thought I can't about make a meal? You can't I take cook. I can cook a little bit, but these are life skills that, that unfortunately, no one's school. getting it at home. But well, they have used you to teach about, it in Have you schools. thought about running for anything? No. No, what, I'd rather what, what, bathe an old lady than do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not fun. You know, no one likes you, no matter what. It's like being the quarterback for the Saints, no matter what. They go, hey, you could have done, you should have, you should have punted it. You know, yeah. everyone's going to have a better opinion. Everyone can do it better. Well, everybody can you do know? everything better than you, though. That's, well, yeah, that's, that's well, that's, you know. Everyone's got an opinion about everything. Yeah. That you, can't scare yeah. you off. <laughs> it is no. I'm sure but people it is think true. You make can... a decision, and everybody, you're on the stage, and I'm, everybody yeah. has their opinion about well, the I never thought about that. It's I, very hard. I don't read the blogs after I do a show or something right. like that. You know, it's like, knock on wood, I've, I've been very well received. No, I'm sure people but aren't getting out reviews. saying I could act as well as Brian Bett because they don't actually think of themselves as actors. But if they right. had an opportunity, right. everyone thinks they can do everything. Yeah, that's true. You know, everyone thinks they can. But you actually can certainly be a politician if you wanted to. Well, obviously. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and everybody also, I think, thinks that... They can own it because you watch it on TV right. every day and, and people talk about it. And, and toss in this reality life democracy. that's going on. This right. ridiculous, that the, the, the reality television, which A, it is not. I'm just telling you right now. I did a little tiny design reality. I love Naked and Afraid, though. You see? Naked and Afraid. Everyone's got one they like. I don't. I have one. I'm not. Okay, I will say I watched Project Runway because I had a friend on it. And she was, you know, on it. And it oh, requires a God. talent. RuPaul's Drag Race. Love that. Another one. It, Love see, that's, that that's not a. I don't have that, one. I don't think that requires a talent. <laughs> these ones where they're on, like the dating. The, the, these people that watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, oh, where they're I going know, like, yeah, and then they're one. supposed to get married, and that's sanctity. Come on. <laughs> you know, it's we've come like that is why people saw Donald Trump in their house every every yeah. night, and like, well, I know him. He's funny. He tells her you're funny. 
we want our commander-in-chief to please catchphrases, you're fired. To circle back to what you were saying before about the issues with Hillary, I wasn't blaming you. The thing that I feel about it is that it's all, everything that is platform-wise about her has just been overshadowed by all the BS she's had to deal with with the other yeah. side of the election. That's how yeah. I, that's how, I mean, Very true. over the, the last six thing. months or so, I've done my best to stay out of the election news and stuff like that, but it seems to me that she's been overshadowed just by the sheer amount of ignorance that she's either had to deny or talk about against Donald Trump, which is what to me is this the serious issue. It's like no one's no one's even considering her platform as a platform that they need to know about. Which right. is, and she has the most detail. I of agree everybody. exactly. But here's yeah. the star. So we're only looking at things in terms of him. He's the, he's on the front he's page. He's a media He's the guy, exactly. whore, he's the guy yeah. we're talking about, and he's everything's in terms. Oh, no, we, which, you know, he, he is, is pretty clever. I feel like I've never lived through an election clever. like that. I've only been through a few of them, but it's always been. I've always never. known. Pretty which, even at a young age, you this see is never. sides. I will say this: I love politics. I think it's fun. But it used to be funner. The joke's over now, though. Oh, well, because <laughs> one thing about funny. Donald Trump is that he's accessible. And it used to be that politics was a lot more give and take and not so manufactured by pollsters and consultants. And it's gotten to be so manufactured, it's... It's just not fun anymore. I mean, you used to fight in the streets with leaflets and well, maybe yeah. it's just not fun because you've been Maybe you're just sick of it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, maybe, maybe so. Maybe you need to, you know, move on. Do something else. What else well, would that, you do? That is a reason. I want to work at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> what about you could go work at Hazelnut? <laughs> come, 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 be Porter with the mop or rap chick with me. And I want to go to a, a yeah. class that drag queens teach you how to do makeup. Yeah. Because no, sure Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I am you sorry. You totally looked at me like uh, drag was, queens do makeup. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not I you, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Brian. I have done La Caja Full, but come on. <laughs> well, I suck but, at doing makeup, and they are awesome. They're better than women. That's not a full-time gig, though, putting on makeup like a drag queen. I mean, it That's kind of it depends it. on who you're talking to. It could be. I mean, look at RuPaul. You know? Yeah. Well, there's RuPaul's plenty of cosmetologists out there that are doing like plenty said, of work. It could like, be a good selling point for listen, the corrected the, that the might up. That, like, <laughs> They ought to like do a makeover on you know on on Trump in drag <laughs> and put him on a reality <laughs> show. That's a good. Now listen. He's got enough hair. Do you guys would like to play some music for us? That was what I was thinking at some point here. If we don't do it now. So. What's wanna, going on with I you? I want to set this this song up because this is the first time we've ever done anything like acoustically. Because our we have a six and sometimes seven piece band. Oh, we wow. have drums, bass, uh, sometimes guitar, trombone, saxophone, a keyboardist, and then when the keyboardist plays saxophone, I play keyboards and I sing in it. So this is just piano, which so I don't even play piano on this song. But uh -oh. piano and so trombone this is a today. Sort of a this is the first time we've ever done this version of this song ever. So, so, it's, so it's, a, it's piano and trombone yeah. combo. And That's and pretty cool right I, I, We do a... So to give you a little bit of preface, I guess, towards the music that we talked about before, we didn't actually get into talking about that, but you talked about our goal, what we're doing. Um, what we talk about, um, we've kind of branded what we call, like you talked about branding and marketing with Facebook and all that stuff. We started calling what we play funk pop, which isn't a thing, um, but we've created it as a thing. It is now. Ex exactly, it is now. So we, we've kind of tried to cross over into the mainstream. Our main goal, I think, as a band in general is we're all pretty pissed about how shitty music is now, especially well, mainstream music. that's a huge music. statement. About, well, mainstream music is what I mean, the radio. What's the radio factor Exactly. So, and we're, yeah. trying to bring, we're trying to bring back the idea that it doesn't have to be like that to be good. And there's still mm -hmm. artists out there doing that, mm -hmm. but we are trying to bring, and especially that New Orleans side of it, 
that New Orleans painting to it. So. It was really cool. We actually just got back from the end of our tour. We were in Ocean Springs, and we just did a writing session with just a little bit of, or a few of us, a handful of us. And we it was so interesting to have all of our different experiences getting into our world of music and then finding each other and then writing together in this way. Usually we just bring ideas to the group and we're like, oh, this horn line fits over that. Oh, I like this harmony here. But this was just from ground up, like writing together. And it was it was so interesting. After three, four nights and three days, we had, what, eight full songs? Yeah. Wow. I've interviewed so. hundreds and hundreds of musicians, mm. not just on the show, but through my whole career. And you two uh, talk faster than any musician. <laughs> I've ever I interviewed. He, I think he rubs off on me. But they you're, haven't... You're they have, speak the so drugs cool. haven't kicked in. <laughs> they it's haven't pretty started. late for me do today. The, uh, or so. Do the other six members of the band speak this quickly as well? Um, whenever we're arguing with each other, probably. <laughs> it's no. possible. We get a lot it's more possible. dumb this way. Oh, yeah. We could or, get like three or, or we get four a lot shows less, We talked in circles for about two hours it's yesterday. It's also a great lesson in compromise, too. It's working together. I mean, you're, com- oh, you're, yeah. you're working for the common good. Yeah. And, and, you know, if the be- whatever's best of the band or the best of the song, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be some artistic differences. But it, the goal is to make the best song Michaela and create and I the to, most best we, music. We talked about this a lot, and I said this this thing, uh, I, I iterate this all the time, the the platform, it's it's all about what's best for, it's not about what's best for us or the band or the music even, it's what's best for the world. Mm-hmm. It's what's best for the music community. Yeah. So, that's a lofty goal. Yeah. I mean, that's... Okay, we'll do something good for yeah, the world let's play, and play Let's something. play some music. Yeah. Okay. So we just keyboard over here. So I'll set up the song while she sets the keyboard up over here. Okay. Um, this song is called 2020. Um, like I said before, we've never played this version of it, um, so bear with us. <laughs> Do you want Brian but, uh, to sing backup vocals? Yeah, yeah. For you? chime in whenever, please. But this song is you can teach Brian the whatever he's this his song. Part the, is. the chorus of this song uh, it, it's about it's about life taking you all different places and seeing all the different things you've ever seen, and then and then using all that knowledge to kind of give back to everything um, and and. Putting it, putting it past yourself to say that this isn't about me; it's about everyone else around us. Uh, let me get my okay. horn. Actually, I get to get my All trombone. All right, go get this. your trombone. Yeah. It's the Crooked Vines. First time we've ever played this song acoustic. We've played anything you heard acoustically. It here. Anything. Okay. You heard it here first. I, I guess I'll sing loudly. Do we have to move that microphone for you, or do you want to use this mic? Yeah. Right, use this one. We probably won't need a mic for the trombone, I wouldn't think. No, no, not at all. Not trombone. I'll lean in. Okay. We both sing. (laughs) Now the mixers, you're just going to go crazy. She had was real. 
the past is known But we can wait and see What'd you think of that? Uh, I'm not worried about the future. No, me neither. Suddenly, okay. I'm not worried about the future. Yeah. I think you did a good job for the rest of the world there. Absolutely. That was that was, that was like I said, that was the first good. time we've ever done that. So that was that was, that was cool. It doesn't really sound like that, but that was yeah, cool. That was cool. It sounded fantastic. Yeah, you got to look out for the record. Beautiful. Oh, uh, that's I guess the plug section. Um, we just finished the Kickstarter. Uh, you finished the Kickstarter. We just so finished you, our Kickstarter campaign. You got it. It came to fruition, yes. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. We're going to be recording uh, our next record in either November or December of this coming year uh, for a 20, uh, spring 2017 release. It's going to be uh, pre, just pre-Jazz Fest, um, and uh, that's going to be coming out. We're t- hopefully, it's going to be 12 songs, but everyone's arguing with me on that, so we'll see. But, and where we where where do we find you? Oh, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, where on Spotify. Oh, we play town. we play at Tips pretty often. Um, we play at Maison fairly often. We play. Oh, actually, we're doing a monthly residency to t- oh, talk yeah. about that with everyone. We're going to be do a or a weekly residency at Chicky Wawa this coming oh, month. Oh, Wednesdays. Um, yes. so Wednesdays. Wednesdays at Chicky Wawa in October. Uh, you can come catch us. We're going to be using that as a lot of our. Uh, 
a lot of our groundwork for performance for the CDs and tracks like that for working that stuff out. So. And tomorrow we're going to be at the Helen Wolf. Or no, I'm sorry. Tomorrow we're going to be at the Dragon's Den, and then Friday we'll be at the Helen Wolf Den. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, okay. playing two games in two days. <laughs> and we can find you online at what exactly? Thecrookedvines.com. Thecrookedvines.com. Or okay. Facebook.com slash thecrookedvines. All right. Just Google us, and the first 30 results that come up are us. The Crooked okay. Vines. <laughs> and meanwhile, we can steal the stuff off Spotify and YouTube. No, and no. Exactly. Yeah. Music, the usual places, right? Damn it. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Brian, <laughs> where, where can we see you coming up in the near future? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm going to be here for a while. I'm doing a show with the LPO, uh, oh. Broadway Night, um, with, the, with the symphony on November 12th. But I'm here. We're, like I said, we're moving our store, Hazelnut, on Magazine Street, a couple of doors down. But you can catch us at www.hazelnutneworleans.com or me at brianbat.com. That's Brian with a Y. And find out, who knows, I have a couple of movies in the can that might be coming out soon. I don't awesome. know. We'll see, you know. And uh, just enjoying being home. And uh, okay. so, you know, I'll be here hopefully through the holidays. Good to have you yeah, around. I'm glad to be here. And Sharon Brosky, we can find you at Starbucks. Yes, Starbucks when, really when CCs. Start, I'm addicted to CCs. When do you start work at Starbucks? Can you give, <laughs> I'm not sure. We can't really. The calls but, are flying. But you still, <laughs> your company <laughs> is, is still rocking. Uh, yes, the Brosky company. The I'm, Brosky still, company. I'm still out there. You'll be reading something negative about me, I'm sure, no. sometime <laughs> during the season. So if the building goes but up. go Hillary, that, right? Go Hillary. And you go know what Hillary. said to me? If you Please have enemy, vote. if someone, if you have an enemy or something like that, it means you've done something yeah. with your life. You know what I mean? I hate to. It's it's horrible, but you know, it's you like, don't want people to hate Aristotle. Well, no, no matter what, someone's going to disagree. You know, the people either you're in the parade having a great time, or you're on the sidelines going, uh, "I wish I could do that." I like being in the parade. I do too. Well, thank All you. right. Like on that note, that's a great note to end on. On that yes, note, that's our happy hour. Thanks to Michaela Braun and James mm-hmm. Keane from and the Crooked Vines. Thank you. To Brian Batch so and Sharon Broski. That's you very happy much. hour. Our show is Woo-hoo. produced. By Graham DePonte. Thank you. Right Graham. over Thank here. You, our technical director is Thomas Walsh. Christian Unruh is our music director. And our live feed directors are Asher Griffith and Grayson Jennings. I think Asher's away today, but Grayson's been holding down the fort. Thank you very much for that. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about 60 minutes, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. We can also hear some other shows we make here. There's plenty more happy hours up there, as well as Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, true to the game, with the very funny Chris True, Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss, and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada, Louisiana, eats with Poppy Tooker, Milo's Music Parlor with Kim Vu, and the podcast about death, simply called Death the Podcast, with psychologist Dr. Arian Alfant, as well as questions from the waiting room with psychiatrist Nick Pajic and the inimitable Psych Ward with Dr. Ross Shields. You can find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and it's Baton Rouge, LA. You can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page. Those photos are taken today by Alison Moon. If you listen to this show on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us. If you've got a moment, that helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. You might have discovered or noticed that Andrew Duhon is not here. He's on the road. He's somewhere across America for the next 12 
weeks, I think. So you can find him at andrewduhon.com and go see him in the town near you. Maybe it's Pinckneyville. <laughs> what state is that in again? At the Grandstand, guys, right Illinois. at the fairgrounds. No, it's in Illinois. <laughs> in Illinois, Happy Hours of Production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworms.com. For everybody around the table here at Wayfair and back at our offices at INO Broadcasting, thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here again next week on Happy Hour. Happy Hour.